this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello and welcome to Bell Ringer, an Invest Buffalo Niagara podcast. My name is Greg Pukriki. I'll be your host. Today on the podcast, we have Katie O'Sullivan from Go Buffalo Niagara. They, they advocate for transportation options throughout our region, and they're a really good voice for employees being able to access new jobs and, and to just create opportunity for everyone in our city and in our region. It's a really good conversation and a good topic, especially, you know, it blends well with our organization. So listen, I hope you enjoy. Don't turn it off. And thank you very much. Bye, guys. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. I am a big fan of podcasts, and I'm so excited to be making my podcast debut. Yeah, very first one. Now you get to listen to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> don't know how I feel about that, but I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So um, for those that don't know, what is Go Buffalo Niagara? Go Buffalo Niagara is a program that supports commuters, employers, and property owners in getting around the region with all the variety of transportation options that we have. Um, our, our menu of options has been growing within the past few years with car sharing, bike sharing. Last year we got ride-hailing services like Uber and Lyft, along with our basics, bus and light rail system, our roads and expressways. Um, But as our region grows and diversifies, there is a need to meet a variety of different transportation needs um, to to accommodate everyone. So we're here to support um, people, whether it's getting downtown or out to far-flung areas where... um, there isn't any transit service and are looking for alternatives to cut commuting costs, um, save time, be healthier. There's so many benefits to using alternatives. So that's what we're here for. And so how important do you think an accommodating transportation system is to uh, a city or region's success? It's critical. Um, Transportation is a basic need along with housing and food and It's such a challenge um, for so many, and having a transportation system that accommodates everyone is vital for economic competitiveness, um, attracting and retaining top talent, especially in our globalizing world where um, people are attracted to um, major urban centers that have a variety of options to to be competitive with the New Yorks and the Seattles, the San Francisco's, Um, but then also just from an equity and access standpoint, making sure that everyone in our community has access to the employment opportunities, educational opportunities, basic amenities and services to live a healthy and engaged life. Um, Our transportation system for the past 50 years has been relatively biased towards the car, roads, and expressways, and that's a relatively exclusive transportation system in terms of cost, in terms of um, physical ability and age. So um, creating a more balanced system is really important for a city's success overall. Right. So our mission at InvestBuffalo Niagara is to attract new businesses and ultimately create jobs mm-hmm. You know, in, in the eight counties of Western New York. And you talked about transportation as a means for job access. Yeah. What kind of uh, options or programs exist? Yeah. 
So we offer a carpool matching portal. It's free. It's linked off of the Go Buffalo Niagara website, and it's powered by a statewide program, 511 New York Rideshare. And on that portal, anyone can find a potential carpool based on where they live, where they work, their schedule, um, their preferences for riding or driving or both. Um, So that's a really helpful tool just in um, connecting travelers and um, making making those connections, um, free or low-cost ride-sharing. Commuters just work it out amongst themselves, um, whether or not they want to split gas costs, uh, trade off, have one person drive all the time. Um, Another option, kind of a step up from carpooling, is vanpooling. So if there are a group of between 6 to 15 employees that, um, or they don't even have to be employees at the same location, but they're going in the same general direction, they can share a vanpool, they switch off driving, um, a vanpool provider, uh, covers insurance and the vehicle and um, the passengers just pay in a, a monthly a monthly fee to participate and that's often cost competitive with driving owning your own vehicle um, and then it allows it allows workers who don't have a car to access um, jobs that aren't served by the transit network And then for those jobs that are on the transit network, the NFTA offers a corporate discounted pass program. So any employer that contributes $10 to the cost of a monthly Metro pass um, will be matched with another $10 by the NFTA. And then by enrolling in their pre-tax Metro perk program, the cost of the monthly transit pass is taken out of an employee's paycheck before taxes. So that adds an additional layer of discount. So the real cost of the monthly transit pass um, would be under forty dollars for the average, the average employee, um, which is a significant discount from seventy-five dollars. And we've seen working with employers and commuters over the past year and a half that a discounted transit pass is the most desired benefit by employees, especially in downtown Buffalo. So how? It seems like it's been a, a trend to incentivize employers uh, with, you know, that discount and some other or some other programs. Mm-hmm. How how important do you think it is to get them on board specifically because so many people are traveling each day for their job that that might be the main reason why they're out on the roads. Yeah, the commute is a huge part of um, demand for transportation and our, our everyday habits. Um, so getting employers on board with programs like the corporate pass program or even just the um, the pre-tax Metro perk program, which is just the, the administrative cost of um, providing that benefit via payroll, no discount required. Um, those sorts of incentives have a big impact on the transportation system, especially during rush hour. That's what our roads are designed for that's what our parking lots are designed to accommodate that peak hour traffic around the commute but we're seeing as our economy changes more people are working from home um, the nature of commuting is changing a bit um, here in the buffalo niagara region but also across the country there are more flexible work schedules more people are working from home or for um, from remote locations um, and so 
having a variety of transportation options, not just to get to work, but to get to shopping, to recreational activities, visiting family and friends. Um, that's also a really important part of the system that we need to support as well. And there's even incentives for employers that encourage like biking to work or, and stuff like that. I think I saw on your website, mm-hmm. um, like free bike racks or something like that. Yeah, um, the city of Buffalo has offered free bicycle racks across the city to businesses. I know there is quite a long wait list right now, so um, a standard bike dock is pretty affordable, about $150. So um, yeah, that's that's a really powerful way to um, kind of visibly encourage bike commuting. Our city's bicycle network is growing every year, and Go Bike Buffalo local advocacy organization offers a lot of great support to local cyclists with events and um, a workshop, things like that. Right. And even if the cost for the rack isn't that high, I think just the effort of, you know, having that program is is encouraging, even, even just as a symbol throughout the city. Absolutely. So is there any environmental consideration to your organization as well trying to like decrease car traffic and encourage modes like biking and walking yeah that's that's a huge part of why we exist um so our program came out of one region forward which is a um, regional plan for sustainable development that came out in 2015 and um the environmental impacts of commuting are huge. Um, Erie County recently issued a report on the Paris Climate Agreement and the actions that the county will take both internally with their employees and community-wide and um, committing to those targets to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and transportation is a huge part of that. I believe it's the second biggest source of greenhouse gases after Um, building heating costs or building heating um, fuel. So yeah, it's something we're concerned a lot about, air quality in particular. Um, We participate in the Clean Air New York program, which is um, a part of 511 New York Rideshare that is focused downstate, but is really about the, um, the air quality impacts of transportation and promoting healthier healthier options to clear the air also for physical activity. Um, And aside from air quality, just the um, stormwater impacts of having, you know, large parking lots and permeable surfaces, um, it's really far reaching, the kind of car-centric road and expressway parking lot oriented transportation system we've had for the past few decades. So moving in a different direction is a big motivation for this this work. So a couple episodes ago on this podcast, I had on uh, Dr. Steven Schweitzberg from the University of Buffalo. He's the chairman of their Department of Surgery. Mm-hmm. And he previously was in Boston working at Harvard. And he said one of the best arguments he can make to people when he's trying to attract new professors or or new researchers to the region Mm -hmm. is our low commute times and and ease of commute throughout the city and he said buffalo makes it easy you know your options are easy like whether it is how close the airport is to downtown Mm -hmm. or 
kind of the 20 minute city vibe or some of the other options. So yeah, how do you think we stack up to other regions? Is Do you echo that, that statement from him? I do, yeah. Our average commute time is 20 minutes for a typical driver. It's longer for those who rely on public transportation, walking and biking. Um, but we are working to improve that. The NFTA has increased the frequency of service on their major bus routes and on the light rail. Um, but we do especially um, for businesses and residents that are locating to the area with their commute times in mind and the kind of neighborhood they want to live in. There are some really um, efficient locations that um, that people can choose to live or work that will make for a really um, high quality of life and easy commute. We know that Commuting is one of the biggest stressors in the American lifestyle. So, right. um, anything we can do to make that easier will boost happiness and well-being. So, you know, we're, we talked a lot about the options within downtown, and I think when we started the conversation, you mentioned some of the outlying, uh, you know, cities or or town centers. Mm-hmm. What kind of options are there? Because our organization represents the eight counties of Western New York, so we have. Oh. you know, rural areas or, you know, down in Allegheny County and stuff like that. So what what's being done for the people that maybe the Metro Rail doesn't doesn't extend to? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I guess I'll start with the outerlying areas outside of the NFTA's service area. There are some rural transit services. So Cattaraugus area transit. Um, there is Bullion area transit as well. Um, Wyoming Transportation Services, I believe, is under uh, Regional Transportation Services in the Rochester area now, Uh, Seneca Transit System. So there are also Niagara County Rural Transit. There are some fixed route bus transit services in those rural areas. Um, And then within the Buffalo-Niagara region, there are some express commuter buses that run from suburban areas like um, East Aurora, Hamburg, um, Williamsville, Lockport that run into downtown Buffalo during commute hours. So those are really tailored to the downtown worker that's um, doing a typical nine to five schedule. But I think it's really important as new transportation technology emerges Um, platforms like ride healing, car sharing, uh, ride sharing become more and more popular to look beyond the the typical fixed route bus network to meet transportation needs. Um, And so more and more cities across the country are partnering with ride healing companies and different transportation service providers to offer Microtransit, more flexible on-demand options, um, and sort of fits into a broader trend of mobility as a service rather than an asset. Um, an asset being a vehicle that you own and use to get around for most every trips. Um, instead, we're seeing a movement towards subscribing to a variety of mobility services, whether that's a transit pass that you buy every month or um, a certain number of ride healing trips by Uber and Lyft, a car share membership for occasional um, 
errands out in the suburbs, things like that. So um, building building a variety of transportation options and um, ways to access them is going to make it easier for people to get around um, with the transportation mode that best fits their their trip need. Yeah, um, when when Uber and Lyft first were coming to Buffalo, I think it was over the summer, mm-hmm. they had a, a conference at the 500 Seneca building and I, I went and I remember they were talking about some, I forget what city it was in New Jersey, but they were the city was gonna build some parking garage to service a bunch of people coming into the city, driving their cars. Uh-huh. And instead, they changed the plan like last second and offered all of the people that would have been parking in that garage like, money towards an Uber ride every day or something. And it was like significantly oh, wow. less than what the parking garage would have costed. Yeah. And it kept so many cars coming from out of the city. And I always thought, you know, that was such an interesting idea. And it, it almost saves that that block in the city that would have been a, a parking garage you could build something new right right Which an is... active use to make the the city more engaging right definitely exactly. so i always thought thought that was pretty interesting but how do you think uber and and lyft and different ride hailing companies have changed the game or is that a that's obviously a, a new trend how does it change things yeah i think they're a great addition to our menu of transportation options. I don't think they're a panacea to to our transportation issues. They are certainly too expensive to use for everyday commuting for most people. Right. Um, and I don't think that they necessarily address all of our parking and congestion concerns and higher density areas like downtown Buffalo. Um, those services are called ride sharing oftentimes in the news, but they're not true ride sharing in the sense that you aren't getting multiple people sharing a ride between the same origin and destination. You're just hailing a ride. Um, it just happens that the driver is using their own personal vehicle rather than like a taxi fleet vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, they, they offer a really flexible, easy-to-use, on-demand service, and um, I, think, I think that's really valuable. I don't think they necessarily will replace or degrade public transportation use. I know that's been a concern around the country. Um, are people going to stop taking the bus and start relying on Uber and Lyft? And um, I don't think that's likely. They serve very different um Purposes and because the price points are so different, I think um, supporting a, a solid fixed bus route network and the light rail will be the most efficient way to move a lot of people around um, affordably. But these ride hailing companies are a really um, effective way of filling in the gaps, and especially through partnerships with transit agencies across the country, there's opportunity to make those rides more affordable between the first and last mile of a transit stop and someone's destination, for example, Um, or um, some companies provide, um, like you were saying, uh, money for using those services rather than parking or sharing a ride with others to get to the work site. So um, they're 
they're an important addition to the the different options that people can use to get around. Right. What what kind of lesson do you think is there to be learned at I think a lot of the popularity has come from just the technology of it, like, mm-hmm. you know, how easy and, and simple the app is. And I think a lot of technologies or uh, transportation systems are, are headed that way with our own apps. Yeah. Do you think that's an important part to making it more accessible to people? Yeah, absolutely. The, the user-friendliness of those apps, I think, is unparalleled, and I think we have a lot to learn from them. Um, if there were a free carpooling app that was that simple, and there are in other markets, um, apps like Scoop and Waze Carpool, I think um, that, would be, that would be wonderful. But um, yeah, the, the seamlessness of the apps integrating multiple transportation services into apps is something that more and more cities are exploring um, for planning the trips, but also booking and paying for them, whether it's Uber or Lyft or transit or bike share, car share. Um, yeah, we know that that smartphones are are infiltrating all, <laughs> all segments of society. I think it's 77% of Americans was the most recent statistic I saw, but that was like two years ago already, so I'm sure it's even higher. So uh, we were talking off mic before this started. You you walked over here and you walk into work every day. Um, how important do you think to go to a more like quality of life angle? How important do you think a walkable community is to like a vibrant city? It's so important. Um, research has shown time and time again that. Um, pedestrians and cyclists spend the most money at local businesses. It's so easy to pop into a shop that you walk by on foot or on bike. Um, the The quality of the the public realm, the um, the safety, the um, landscaping, the the street furniture that all contributes to a sense of place. And um, I think that's that's really valuable for for any city and also um making making spaces open and accessible to everyone um especially along corridors that traditionally have been dominated by by cars we're seeing um more projects like niagara street here in downtown buffalo where the number of vehicle lanes was reduced uh painted bike lanes were added, street furniture was added, different sidewalk improvements. The whole character and feeling of that corridor has changed dramatically and we're seeing more reinvestment and redevelopment of that corridor um, to follow up with that walkability. Um, and yeah, it just, it's transformative. I think that's interesting, like the even just like street side uh, furniture, like you know, having benches or or repainted lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to uh, we had Leslie Zemsky from Larkinville on the podcast, and she said that was like a big thing that they wanted to do was make an environment that it encouraged the the walkability, and people wanted to be out on the sidewalks and stuff. You know? Yeah. So, do you think that that like that infrastructure, you know, whether it is a bike racks or benches, 
has an actual real impact on encouraging people to to get out and and walk around? Yeah, there's no question. Um, It really, it creates a sense of intentionality. You know, you're welcome here. You're Mm -hmm. meant to be here. A lot of times um, public spaces can feel like no man's land. Um, So, and we know that people are attracted to more people. We like to people watch and um, be around places that feel active and engaging. And so signals like those, I think, are a big part of that. That sense of place that you mentioned before. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So where do we... Where do we go next? Where would you like to see us improve and or how can we improve our transportation network? Well, I think I think next we we need to do a better job of integrating all of the different transportation options that we have here in the Buffalo Niagara region and um, go Buffalo Niagara will hopefully contribute to that as we move forward. We have different levels of service in different parts of the region. And um, like I was saying before, we're a very diverse region with different needs, all the way from rural areas to village centers, suburban areas, downtown Buffalo. Um, And so making it easy for employers and commuters to understand and tap into the transportation options that are available to them to look beyond the oftentimes default setting of going to the car for every trip um, I think is going to be where we're going to get the most bang for our buck Um, it's important of course to invest in better infrastructure walkability the um, the transit system but promotion and education of alternatives and making it easy to access those I think is the low-hanging fruit where at least in Go Buffalo Niagara we're really focused on um, and the the Buffalo Green Code, I think, goes a long way in um, setting the foundation for this. So there are requirements for new developments to improve the public realm with thoroughfares and with minimum bicycle parking requirements. There aren't any parking minimums anymore. But there's also a requirement for properties of a certain size to plan for transportation demand management more broadly. So that's through programs like um, the discounted transit pass or carpool programs, van pooling programs, um, hosting a bike share rack or a car share hub. Um, It really encourages new developments to look at transportation and access more holistically. Um, And so Buffalo's a real leader in that area and I look forward to seeing how new developments um, take on transportation demand management in the next few years and kind of set an example for the rest of the country. Awesome. All right. So thank you so much for your time. We have a couple blizzard around questions for you to end on. Oh, blizzard. Hard hitting. They have nothing to do with everything we just talked about. Um, Awesome. If you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Oh, man. Um, I think going back to my, to my um, Vermont roots, I would be maple oh. and maybe throw in like pistachios That's or a cool. salty, crunchy kind of cut 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's a very that's one of my favorite answers to that question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, book, TV show, or I know you like podcasts. Podcasts that you would recommend. Okay. Um, book. You don't have to do each. You could just do one. Okay. I guess I'm going to say podcasts. There's a really great local podcast called Keeping Things Alive, hosted by Laura Evans. She's an environmental lawyer. She interviews people in uh, the environmental movement across Western New York, and it's a wonderful podcast. I encourage everyone listening to check it out. Cool. Awesome. Text or phone call? I mean, it depends on the situation. Generally... I prefer phone calls. Most people prefer text, so I find myself texting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, hiking or skiing? Hiking. And chicken wings, drumstick or flat? I'll eat both. Both? Yeah. All right. That's a good answer. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. It's been fun. Bellringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.